This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our readings for this week are all about grace and the call. Our first reading, taken from the famous sixth chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, concerns the call of Isaiah. The prophet is in the Jerusalem temple. He's at prayer, and he's granted a vision. Listen. I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne with a train of his garment filling the temple. God displays himself this way to very few people in Israelite history. Moses comes to mind, so does Ezekiel. It's one of the rare times, though, when this grand vision of God is given. What do we notice? The vision came to Isaiah unbidden, undeserved, unmerited. It came as a gift. He was ready. He was in the right place. But it came as a gift. So it always goes with the true God. God, who is the creator of all things, cannot be caught in our familiar games of exchange and reciprocity. You do this, and I'll do that. You give, and I'll give back. But see, it doesn't work that way. God is the sovereign Lord. So his interventions are never out of need or calculation. They're always grace. Gosh, the importance of that word in our religious tradition, grace, free gift, the primacy of grace. If we get that wrong, then the whole thing is thrown off kilter. We start bargaining with God. We start trying to manipulate God. I'll do this if you do that and vice versa. It just doesn't work that way. With the true God, it's always gratia prima, grace comes first. Now secondly, what does this gracious intervention imply? Always a shaking of the foundations. Listen now to the account in Isaiah. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook and the house was filled with smoke. See, when the true God breaks into your consciousness, he breaks into your life with his grace, nothing remains the same. As I said, this ordinary world that we inhabit is one of exchange and tit for tat, but none of that applies to God. Our ordinary world, it's the world of business and sports and human relationships and economic concerns. When God breaks in, all of that becomes secondary. 
It's not eliminated. That's a mistake we can make. And say, well, it's all just, I just have to jettison all that. No, no. But it all becomes secondary. God shakes the foundations of our lives. He said, I must be the center of your life. I must be the foundation. Everything has to change. What else follows from this invasion of grace? What follows further is a deeper awareness of our own sin and inadequacy. Now, mind you, it's not because God is being difficult or cruel. It's just the nature of the thing. When the light of God shines on you, you become more, not less aware of your imperfections. Think of a bright light on a windshield. Well, you see more of the marks and, and, and mars on the windshield. Or think of holding your glasses up to the direct light. Maybe if you're looking away from the light, you don't even see these smudges on the glasses. But when you hold them right up to the light, that's when you see them. So it goes with God. When the light of God's grace breaks into your life, you become more aware of your sin, your imperfection. This is precisely why Isaiah says, listen, Woe to me! I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Don't be surprised when in the wake of a deeper experience of God, you feel, at least initially, less confident, less sure of yourself, less in control. But listen now, can you sense the difference between a debilitating sense of your inadequacy and a kind of empowering sense of your inadequacy. See, Isaiah says he's unclean, but he's not in a psychological depression. All the great saints become aware of their sin in the presence of God. But it doesn't depress them. It doesn't, it doesn't marginalize them. No, no, it liberates them ultimately. God's response to Isaiah's statement, I'm a man of unclean lips, is more grace. Listen to what he says. Your wickedness is removed, your sin purged. There's so much here, isn't there? We have a culture of self-exculpation. What I mean is we basically forgive ourselves. We forgive our own sins. I'm okay and you're okay. Be totally yourself. Follow your thirst. I'm beautiful in every way and your words can't get me down. See, but friends, all of that is a total non-starter spiritually. Self-exculpation is like self-salvation. It just doesn't work. The only one who can legitimately forgive our sins is the one whom we offend in every sin. Only God can forgive. But look how willing he is to forgive. There's no punishment here, no obsession with the past, no rubbing Isaiah's nose in his fault. God just pronounces him forgiven. Think of the words of absolution. 
When you come to confession and you, in the presence of the priest, announce your sin before Christ, you acknowledge that you are a man of, or a woman of unclean lips, and what you receive is a word of gracious forgiveness. Then comes more grace. Listen. Then I heard the word of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? I know I've said it a hundred times before in these homilies, but the true God, the God of the Bible, always sends. Why? Because the true God is interested in saving everybody and establishing networks of love among us. There's nothing in biblical spirituality of Plotinus's being alone with the alone. That was the goal of, of his spiritual uh, method. In biblical spirituality, when we encounter the living God, we can be absolutely assured that he has a job for us. And what's the job? What's the job? It's always some version of bringing the divine grace to others, becoming a conduit of the divine love to the world. The first grace is this breakthrough. God appears. The second grace is this shaking of the foundations. Third grace is the mission, is the invitation to go and do his work. Now, after these three moves of grace, there comes the answering cooperation with grace. Here I am, says Isaiah, send me. Now, here's a point of differentiation, you know, between Catholic teaching and, and most forms of Protestant teaching. For Martin Luther and many of his followers, the gratia sola principle was fundamental. Grace alone. I'm saved, I'm justified by grace alone. See, but the Catholic principle, I mentioned this last week, the Catholic principle is not gratia sola, it's gratia prima, grace first, quite right. Quite right. If, if you get that backward, the whole thing's off kilter. And grace does indeed come first here in the Isaiah reading. But it's not gratia sola. Because, see, God's grace wants to awaken in us, to enable us to respond to him. God is not interested in suppressing our humanity or competing with it. He wants to enable us to be real cooperators with his love. And so he awakens in us this real response. Yes, here I am, send me. That's all of Isaiah's own freedom and his own intelligence and his own power and his own spirituality. Awakened by the grace that comes first. But he says, yes, send me. Now, this Isaiah, beautiful Isaiah passage, provides the interpretive matrix for our gospel, which deals with an encounter between Jesus and Peter. Notice how in this story, Jesus just gets in Peter's boat. Not asking permission, just getting in. So it goes in the order of grace. When Peter allows Jesus to run his life, Jesus gets in the boat, he begins telling him what to do. Great things happen. 
the miraculous draft of fishes. They've been working all day, they've caught nothing, but Jesus gets in and says, go out, lower your nets for a catch, and they bring in this enormous catch. So it goes in the order of grace. When we allow God to take over our lives, Peter's reaction is like Isaiah's. It's one of humility and repentance. Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Same move, isn't it? When the light's shining on you, you know you're a sinner. But this is not debilitating psychological depression. It's this finally liberating awareness of your own sin. But Jesus says to Simon, just as God said to Isaiah, don't be afraid. This is effectively the forgiving of his sin. Don't be afraid. I I know, Simon, I know you're a sinful man. In fact, I know it better than you do. But don't be afraid. I've forgiven your sin. And then comes the giving of mission. From now on, you'll be catching men. In other words, from now on, Peter, you will become a conduit of my grace. Every mission is different because every mission is is unique to the individual, but they're all fundamentally the same. To be a bearer of God's love to the world. And finally, there comes the cooperation. Don't miss this. Don't miss the cooperation. They left everything and followed him. Now here's a challenging word to all of us. We are all Isaiah. We are all Peter. The Lord in his grace breaks into our lives, convicts us of our sin, forgives us our sin, offers us a mission. Are we ready to leave everything and follow him? Are we ready to say, here I am, Lord, send me. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.